Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman. And guess what, people? Guess what? The NFL is always in season. Dak Prescott signed a big, big deal. Jerry Jones may have left the defense with nobody, but Dak Prescott's going to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Russell Wilson, he may want out of Seattle. John Gruden is a wild card, renegade, making crazy trades that probably make the Patriots better and do nothing for the Raiders. Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback, moving up the draft boards. Justin Fields moving down the draft boards. What does all of this mean for NFL futures? How can we get ahead of it? Plus, later in the show, does one of our co-hosts have a Pikachu Pokemon card worth $400,000? Does he have two of them? Are they owned by my companion? Is it possible for the rich to get richer? Finally, we will do a Top Shot Pack opening on the podcast. We are hitting all the trends. We are so digital trendy today. We're going to talk about NFL futures first. Action Network analyst, football genius, someone getting dressed just to please me in the morning. Chris Raybon, plus my brother in arms, my co-host, Simon Hunter. Fellas, how are you? Going on. I, you know, I had to get fresh for you, Chad. I had a couple, get my jersey collection up, but I decided to throw on the, the sweetness, you know. I should explain. You. you are, as you know, I'm a huge Bears fan, and you are dressed right now in a very, very sweet Bears hat and a very, very sweet Walter Payton throwback sweetness jersey. What does Simon do? Simon comes in looking like he's sitting in his guest bedroom. And that exactly is what I am doing. Hi, Chad. We're probably going to have to go back and edit anyway. It's two Charizards, not two Pikachus. You old, old man. Get the Pokemons right. Jesus. A holographic Charizard? Yeah, just, son. Oh, uh, that's like the only Pokemon card I kept from my youth. Like, I used to collect two, but I, co- I, I kept that one Charizard just because, like, it was always the, the one everybody was going after. Like, people would get jumped for that back in the day. I don't understand this, this conversation. Like, you're too old. You're just an old man. In a normal world, if someone said to me, hey, what's Simon Hunter like? Or what's Chris Raybon like? I would be like, oh my God, they're amazing. They're so cool. They're so good at what they do. Raybon is as smart as anyone I've met when it comes to thinking about the numbers, when it comes to analyzing these games. He cares so much about the quality of his work. He's got something thoughtful to say about everything that we engage in. Simon, I would say- I would say he's so interesting, (laughs) such an eclectic background, came to this from such a different universe and also like really wants to be helpful to the people that are listening to the podcast. And then you two fuckers start talking about Charizards and Pokemon cards, like in the most serious conversation I could possibly imagine. To be fair, you brought it up. And you also failed to give yourself a similar intro. Uh, It didn't live up to... Two hours, so you're kind of setting yourself up to fail here. I don't need to be introduced. I, you know what I am? I'm a giver. That's what I do. I bring everybody together. I set them all up, and I want the conversation from there to flow. That's it. I can get out of the way. I don't listen. I'm not Darren Ravel. I don't need to be the center of it all. I can just be the guy asking questions. Yeah, do it then. All right, let's get to some questions then. Let's do some NFL futures, because by the way, things have been going insane in the NFL. Dak Prescott signed. Russell Wilson wants to get traded. Zach Wilson might be going to the Jets. It's like, how are we supposed to think about 
this futures board right now. Let me give some numbers here. Like we got the Cowboys at 28 to one. Simon Hunter, I'm going to start with you. Give me some sense right now about how you are looking at this at this futures odds board. Uh, we talked about the Cowboys, like, what was that, a month ago? Um, I just always say there's never value in a Cowboys future because the public just loves the Cowboys. Like, a lot of people are Cowboys fans, and that's who bets them up. This move doesn't move the needle at all for me. I, I assumed he was going to be back there. Uh, you, you said it as well. They, don't, they didn't improve on their defense. I know people said their defense made strides into the year. They literally just played the NFC East at the end of the year. They, they, their defense hasn't really improved that much. And with all the holes on the O-line, they still have a lot of guys with injuries. I, I just don't really – this doesn't really do much for me with this team. I, I still have higher hopes for teams like Washington out of this division. Where if they can sign Juju Smith-Schuster as their number two receiver, Washington's going to have a really good offense. So that's, it's still one of those where I'm not betting the Cowboys on anything for division or Super Bowl. So for me, this did nothing for me. I'm staying away from it. Raybon. Yeah, yeah, I, I talked about I wrote it up for Action Network on actionnetwork.com. 36.5 points per game did the Cowboys give up in Dak Prescott's four full games played. It's going to be really tough even with, you know, them gaining a little bit of flexibility compared to what their cap number would have been, which would have been like 37 mil if they franchised him. Um looks like they're going to get about 12 million in savings by um you know, the way they structure this contract for next year, but this is a defense that ranked bottom five in terms of scoring. And you look at DVOA, which is essentially just schedule adjusted uh, efficiency in terms of how well you create points. And over the last 37 years, so going back to uh, 1984, teams that were below 14th in terms of overall DVOA, they only made two Super Bowls. So they only 5% of the time did a team like that end up, you know, going to the Super Bowl. And this Cowboy team, because of that defense, it's going to be really hard for them to, to, to be in that, you know, top half of the league, so to speak. They were 23rd last year. So the Cowboys are one of those teams, you know, kind of going uh, off of what Simon said. I mean, they're always overvalued in the market anyway, but – um, they're a team I'm kind of just crossing off my futures board altogether just because um, if I'm looking at the, the their chances of winning the Super Bowl, uh, really not there for them. It really just doesn't happen. Uh, and then you look at their division odds and their even money to win the, the NFC East, and uh, the, those are bad odds, bad odds as well. So the Cowboys are a fade for me in 2021. All right, so this gets interesting because – Simon, you mentioned the Washington football team. Raybon, you're talking about how Dallas, it doesn't matter what they do because they can't improve their defense. They're not going to have enough cap flexibility, even with $12 million to spend. Let's talk about the Washington football team. They're currently 60-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Raybon, I want to go to you first because you mentioned the NFC East odds. The Cowboys not being a team you want to buy on. Are the Washington football team a team you would think about buying into? Yeah, I think out of all of the teams, they stand out the the most, along with the Eagles, but the, the numbers aren't really backing up the Eagles as much. They were, you know, bottom five in, in overall DVOA, a lot of that to do with Carson Wentz in the offense, but just 15th on defense, 22nd on special team, very 
um, you know, below average team. But Washington did have that number three defensive unit. And that's really what has been the most predictive of Super Bowls. It's either you're going to have uh, you're going to have at least one elite unit. So if you look back over those last 37 years, uh, the team that's won the Super Bowl um, has had either a top eight, uh, excuse me, a top nine offense or defense uh, in all but one of the years and, and a top eight in all but two of the years. So about 95 to 98% of the time uh, that team is finishing, you know, top 10 on either offense or on defense. Washington, checks that box, Dallas, Philly, New York, do not. It's just really tough to get better all over in the span of one year, which is why sometimes you see these teams like the Bucs, uh, you know, obviously they got Tom Brady, so that that helped them a lot. But let's not forget, they also had a top five defense last year. So, um, you know, it was it was a lot easier for them to kind of, you know, get Tom Brady in there. And all of a sudden they're just they're the team to beat in the, an entire league, um, which is the case with Tom anyway, most of the time. But, um, you know, it's it's really kind of tough if you're not. Uh, a week in at least one aspect and Washington, that defense does give them some hope. So Washington is a team that I'm looking at uh, more. So maybe uh, I, I still think the Super Bowl is a long shot for them, but you look at division odds. Um, I, I think that's where you really want to get in on Washington. Simon, he just said that your 60 to one Super Bowl bet is stupid on Washington. That's how I, I say that's, that. That's how I heard that. <laughs> No, nah, I mean, it is like, that's what, that's why I make these kind of bets. It's like, I'm just looking for that long time. What he said about the Buccaneers is exactly right from last year is that they were the fifth ranked defense the, the year before. And then they opened up at 55 to one to win the Super Bowl the following year. That was a simple reason I bet it. It wasn't because I knew Tom Brady was going there. It was like, okay, this team had a top five defense. If Winston can improve just a little bit, or they can get a QB in there that, that figure it out. That's a great team. Boom. It hit. That was pure luck. I did not see them. That whole thing happen. This year, it's the same thing with Washington. It's like, I love their defense so much. I love McLaurin. I love Ron Rivera. His whole story, like, overcoming the cancer. Like, how, how did that team, they're always going to play hard for that guy. That dude literally lives the life of no days off. So, it's just one of these teams that, yeah, it's 60 to 1. It's crazy. But if they can just somehow get this Watson trade done or whatever they're going to do, get a quarterback in there, I just love that value. Because, like we just said, we don't really feel confident about Daniel Jones. We don't feel confident about the Dallas Cowboys and we don't really know about the Eagles. So for me with these odds, and I already know what I have in this defense, I, I just love the value on Washington coming into this year. That's actually a good point. Cause uh, it actually harkens back to, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties, Washington, you know, they had some pieces, you know, they had the, the offensive line they, they generally had a good defense and they ended up winning, you know, two Super Bowls with two different quarterbacks. And the second time was with Mark Rippon, um, and you know, that defense kind of led the way. And that was actually like, if you look back at their numbers, they're one of the better teams of all time. So like Washington already has that defense there where if they do get, if they do hit the jackpot, you know, at the quarterback position one way or another, whether it's Watson or, or somebody else, uh, and the offense can get up, you know, even close to the level of that defense, um, they actually can make some noise. So I, I don't hate that pick at all. All right. So this somewhat becomes a lesson in sort of, rumor scraping and handicapping where we think the pool of available quarterbacks will go. And we know Dak is going to stay in Dallas and we know that that's not really impacting anything. We know that Washington is an interesting futures bet at 60 to one. We know that potentially Teddy Bridgewater is available. We know that 
Deshaun Watson is pushing to get himself traded. On the far, far reaches of the universe, is Russell Wilson going to be available? Let's start with Deshaun Watson, because that's like the best player who really wants to go. Everybody knows it, even though the Texans are saying they won't trade him. Let's try to handicap the options of where he ends up and what that does to Super Bowl futures. Simon, you start. It's definitely going to be tough here because it is a lot of just rumors and BS. Like I literally, I took a trip out to Vegas like three weeks ago when I was talking to all the people there, they can be biased for sure. But the more they started talking about the, the move for Las Vegas Raiders to trade for Deshaun, the more it made sense where if they can give up their car and another asset and a couple of first round picks, I think that's a really sweet deal that Houston would take because they're getting back a good quarterback and they're getting first round picks, which they want. Because I, I really, the more I read about the Sean, I just can't see Watson playing for Houston this year. It seems like he's done. Like he won't even return the owner's calls and he doesn't want to talk to them. So I know they're trying to play cool and they're saying he's going to be here and things like that, but it's going to be really exciting come draft time because people are going to make crazy offers. Once it gets really close to the draft date and all these teams, they're not going to get the same information they get in normal years. There's no combine. You have a pro day, and I think you get five Zoom meetings tops with the player. So I just think an established quarterback like that, once it gets close to the draft and all these teams are going to be really heating up, I do think he's going to get moved. So right now my favorite bet for him is with Oakland, just because I love their odds. They're so high right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) John Gruden trading for Deshaun Watson. The dude would get fleeced. He might give up every single player on defense, and they might just say, okay, We'll only play offense. You can get seven points every time you get the ball. That would be a nightmare scenario. But honestly, they don't really have much to give up on the defense. Um, They're just a really young team. Uh, And I know what everyone's thinking with the Chiefs, but it's more like I'm trying to fade the Chiefs Super Bowl hangover. We've just seen it time and time again. Teams that lose in the Super Bowl, usually the following year, they just have a big letdown here. So that's why I kind of just want to bank on Oakland taking over because so many people are going towards the Chiefs or going towards the Chargers. I just like the value I'm getting on Oakland as a team that's not really being talked about that has a lot of good pieces on that team. Rayvon. I think a, a sleeper team to watch Deshaun Watson to is the Patriots. Uh, they're right there with, uh, with Vegas, uh, you know, kind of in those odds, you know, 30, 40 or one, depending on your sports book. Um, you know, the Patriots really didn't have uh, good years on offense or defense. They were outside the top 20, but they were uh, number one on special teams. And, and you know, the, the, the couple of outlier teams that you know did end up winning a Super Bowl when they didn't have a, a top flight offense or defense uh, were ranked really high in special teams and, and the Patriots being one of them. So that's a situation where if he finds his way to New England and you, you already have Bill Belichick there. You're going to get, you know, they traded for Trent Brown. You're getting some, some guys maybe, you know, coming back off the, you know, after the opt-out. Um, I think that's a team that could turn around uh, in a hurry. So I, I'm kind of watching to see um, if that's a possibility uh, for him. But I think, you know, if, if he were to go to Washington, that probably would be uh, ideal as well, just because, again, that defense is so is already, you know, where it needs to be. What would you give up right now? For Deshaun Watson, you're you're the Washington football team. You've got a front four that could develop into something truly historically special. Um, incredible edge rushers. 
incredible tackles like Chase Young anchoring that line for the next decade could be like Reggie White. What are you willing to give up to get Deshaun Watson? Are you willing to give up 25% of that defensive line? I'm giving up anyone but Chase Young, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, anyone but Chase Young or Terry McLaurin. Really, I'm giving up any picks they want. Because you look at Washington, too, and in that NFC East, even though Washington, you know, as it stands, is kind of a middling team at the end of the day, they're playing in the NFC East, which projects to be fairly weak. And so, as we saw last year, you may get some wins in that division, uh, just because of the weakness of it that you may not get if you're playing in, say, the NFC South or something like that. So Washington's not necessarily, you know, even if they were to, to, to do poorly, like their draft, I wouldn't be valuing my draft capital too highly because there's a chance I could, you know, finish with, uh, you know, outplay my talent level just because of, of the division I'm in. So I'm giving up pretty much any, I mean, Deshaun Watson on, on a, uh, you know, just a shaky, a shaky situation last year, uh, was one of the most efficient passers in the NFL, had a career year. Um, you know, this guy is a guy that he's going to – he can fight through adversity. Uh, you know, he came back off the, the injury and, and still posting elite numbers, uh, you know, for these last couple of years. So uh, I, I would give up anything, if I'm anyone really, but Washington especially, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a bank at, at Watson. So yeah. what are you getting? I'm right there with him. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's one of those where – Watson's just people just doubt him for some reason. The NFL, like that whole all their excuses for not drafting him, it's just all such just pure BS. Like the fact that this kid was back to back in the national championship, never missed games, was just incredible at Clemson, and then dropped in the draft. And the the way it is right now, if I was a team, easily I'd give up next this year and next year's first and second round picks. It's just if you get him. It's irrelevant, those draft picks. No D Lyman's winning team Super Bowls being a first round pick. It's it's one of those where the QB is just so much inflated price wise, where we know what Deshaun Watson is. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. So when you have an asset like that, you give up whatever it takes to get that asset because what do we know? We know that every year, like this year, there's gonna be five quarterbacks drafted. Just mathematically, only one of them mathematically has a 25% chance of even being a top five quarterback. So that's what I mean. It's just one of those where you already know you have a hundred percent chance of this guy being a top five quarterback, give up three first round picks, do whatever you have to do. If I was Washington, I would honestly give up anything. I love Chase Young. I think he's incredible, but he wouldn't be off the table for me just because if that's what it takes to get the deal done, I would do it just because eventually you'll be able to fill in two guys for that one guy with Chase Young, where there aren't two quarterbacks you can plug in that can do what Deshaun Watson does. I just think, the value of quarterback overrates any other value on the field. So for me, that's a no-brainer. I'd give up whatever it takes to get him. So this is what's interesting. There is a team uh, that I root for that Raybon is uh, dressed in all their gear today in the Chicago Bears that already passed on him once. If I'm the Bears, and I say this in all seriousness, I would give up my next eight number one picks. <laughs> Honestly, like the, the and I would give up Khalil Mack. Because right. what? Because Deshaun Watson is a generational player. He, Raybon is shaking his head. He is a generational <laughs> player who has already proven how good he can be. He is only going to get better. He's done this coming back from an ACL. He proved it in college. He is everything you want in a quarterback. And like the Bears already screwed this up once. 
And their team that drafts is so bad. You're not going to get anyone for those next eight picks anyways. Like you're going to get horrible players who don't make a difference. So get a guy who is a proven commodity. Raybon, you were shaking your head. (laughs) I just think that even though quarterback is obviously the most valuable player, I just think to actually put it together, you know, for, for what we're kind of talking about here to be able to win a Super Bowl or win a conference, uh, you know, even a division, but more so, you know, go, you know, go get to the Super Bowl. I still think you need that game changer on defense as well. Like, I, I think that if you kind of trade Mac or you trade Chase Young for Deshaun Watson, you just get the Houston Texans of 2020, who are, who are 30th in defense, even with Watson playing out of his mind. And thus, you know, we're one of the worst teams in the National Football League. So, and I also think you want to kind of, you want Watson to be happy wherever he lands. Like he's obviously unhappy in Houston, but now you, you break the bank to get him and it comes, it becomes almost like one of like the, that Carmelo Anthony to the Knicks situation, uh, you know, back when, when he got traded there and, you know, they could have waited, but they traded their old team for him and uh, it, it didn't work out. And I think you're going to kind of cap your ceiling a little bit if you trade like the game changer, which is why I say like trade anyone else, trade a bunch of picks because, you know, picks can go either way. We, we see that every year. It's, it's, it's a crapshoot. But I, I keep the, the game changer on defense, pair him with Watson, and I think that's what makes the team dangerous. All right. So the one team we're not talking about here uh, at length is the Carolina Panthers, who have a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, who is considered trade bait, and they are talking about potentially drafting someone. Do they go all in? They've got a coach in Matt Rule who got that team to play so hard last year. I want to talk about the Carolina Panthers getting Deshaun Watson, who is from the area, at least in terms of when he went to, co- went to where he went to college, played at Clemson, right across the border from Charlotte, where Carolina plays. What does Deshaun Watson immediately do to Carolina if he's on the Carolina Panthers? Simon, go. See, if I was a GM of Carolina, I would not do that move. They're one of the few teams where I would stay away from it, just simply for you have to look at the grand scheme when you're doing these kind of moves. And you're in a division right now where we don't know who New Orleans quarterback's going to be. The Buccaneers an old man. And Matt Ryan is playing in Atlanta. They're talking about drafting a quarterback, too. So I think they're in a position here where they've drafted a young defense. They have good young weapons on offense. They should just... I mean, I don't know what they're going to do in the draft at their pick, but if I was them, I'd trade up and get one of these really good quarterbacks. Like... We're going to get into it in further weeks, but this draft class of quarterbacks, I, I really do think at least two of these guys are going to hit. It's just a really strong class where a lot of these guys, they do have weaknesses. They don't have weaknesses, but one of these guys is definitely going to hit. And that's, that's a guarantee. I, I just think in their position, the way that division is, they have to go quarterback here in the draft. I, I just don't, then moving these pieces to get Watson, it, that is great. But there's other teams I like that are in better position than Carolina is right now. I, I still think they're in such a rebuild mode. That match just go draft his quarterback. Raybon, your best friend, my mortal enemy, Matthew Friedman, did his mock draft recently on actionnetwork.com, his most recent. He believes that the uh, Carolina Panthers will draft Justin Fields um, with the eighth overall pick. Do you like that play better than trying to get Deshaun Watson? No. I mean, I, think, I, I, I disagree with you, Simon. I think that regardless of where your team is, I think if you have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, you get him because he's just that kind of difference maker. Um, So like Teddy Bridgewater, he's mediocre. You know, the the team was mediocre 
last year, you know, poor last year, you know, not even mediocre. Um, I do think that the, the defense still probably another year away. Um, I think they're very well coached, but you, you just have to do it. If you're any team that can get Deshaun Watson, that if you need a quarterback, I think you go after him, but I don't think it would make as big of an impact in Carolina because one of my favorite futures this year, and usually I'm so down on them because everybody loves them. And I'm always like, you know, they're going to disappoint. Now, no one's on them because there's a lot of uncertainty. That's exactly when you buy the New Orleans Saints. Who are they going to have a quarterback? There's three possibilities, maybe even more, maybe, maybe even four, because you factor in Russell Wilson. But regardless of who they have at quarterback, you can see Sean Payton making it work. I mean, Taysom Hill, in his starts, was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league, believe it or not. I mean, it, it was ridiculous just how Sean Payton could scheme this thing up. I think even if, you know, it ended, ends up being Jameis, I think this team is dangerous. But you look at the past, you know, 37 Super Bowls, which is how long football outsiders started tracking uh, DVOA. And the team that finished number one in overall DVOA the year before, the next year, they get to the Super Bowl. Uh, so they win their conference a third of the time. They win the Super Bowl more than one in five times, 22%. Um, right now, New Orleans is nine to one uh, at BetMGM to win the NFC uh, and about, uh, you know, plus about 18 to one to win the, the, the Super Bowl. I really like those. Odds. I think this is a year where um, there's some value on a team that's elite, a team that showed it can, it can you know, match up with Tampa Bay, beat them two out of three. Uh, you know, and a team that showed it can win with, uh, you know, kind of different quarterbacks over the last couple of years, a team that has shown it will uh, draft well. And maybe, you know, maybe if it's if it ends up not being Breeze, it's, you know, a, a better situation just because there were some limitations um, with him. So I really like New Orleans this year uh, because this is the year they're kind of being swept on. And, and Seattle as well. Seattle's a team I like every year, but we don't know Russell Wilson is going to be out or not. Um, so they're a little bit undervalued as well. Um, you know, a top five team in DVOA wins the Super Bowl, um, has won the Super Bowl 20 of the 37 times at the 64%. And Seattle was number five off the strength of their offense. Their defense did improve down the stretch. So um, Seattle's a team you could kind of bet on, hey, maybe they keep Russell Wilson. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside there. 11 to one to win the NFC, 22 to one to win the Super Bowl. But I really like New Orleans. So that's interesting, Raybon. Simon, I'm going to want you to respond. But the Saints the Browns and the Seahawks are the next three teams outside of that tier of the first, say seven teams of the chiefs, bucks, bills, Packers, Rams, Ravens, and Niners, eight teams that are all 15 to one or less. Then you get into the sort of high teens, low twenties, saints, 19 to one Browns, 21 to one Seahawks, Raybon, you said 2022. 20, I have it at 21. Um, that's the next three teams there. What do you think of his take? Well, uh, first, the Carolina, of course, dude. I would want, I want Deshaun Watson. I just said I'd be willing to give up four first-round picks for the guy. I'm just <laughs> saying for Carolina's situation, I, I just wouldn't do it if I was building that franchise up because I just see they have a lot of really great pieces there. If they just keep building through the draft, I think they could be a great team in the future. I'm off the Saints just simply because of the cap. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the cap yet, and I know Sean Payton's pretty savvy with trying to make moves through this cap and around it. And if they were able to trade for Deshaun, yeah, that'd be great because they can they can figure out all that salary stuff with him. I just don't know how they're going to do it, but um, for sure, I, I love the Saints and like they're going to have great value. 
I just would never bet on them for Super Bowl if I know for a fact it's Tyson Hill as their quarterback. I just – he just seems like a gimmick kind of player to me. So, for, for me, I'm just staying away from the Saints just because I, I just have so much uncertainty what they're going to do with such a bad cap look. Like, they're, they're the worst team, I'm pretty sure, in cap. Like, they're over – I don't know what it was. It was like $30 million or $40 million, but they're way over the cap right now. Yeah, you're essentially that's, – that's where some of the value is coming, you know, in the odds, like – New Orleans, everyone's kind of looking at New Orleans and saying, how are they going to get it done? But uh, you've kind of mentioned it They're They are savvier than most teams. And I think the big thing for me with New Orleans is that uh, even if they have to, like all, all of the teams are going to kind of struggle with the cap to, to a certain extent. Um, but I just think New Orleans is in better position, regardless of what happens at the quarterback position. Like, I think, I think they've shown that they can win with Taysom Hill and that's big, you know, that, that that's a big deal. I think, um, because, you know, this is a team that around him, they're going to, again, they're going to be well coached. They're going to play well. So um, even if it was Taysom, I wouldn't be too worried about, uh, about New Orleans. So yeah, I'm on him for the first time in like a decade. I like that <laughs> Seattle idea. Cause Seattle is one of those teams where everyone, Russell Wilson is talking. There's so much talk about Russell Wilson potentially getting traded that it automatically depresses the value. So you're able to sneak in because the chances are he's not going to be traded. Yeah. Um, and so you're getting a really good team that could win. You know, they're not being considered one of those teams that would win the NFC West because of what the Rams did and everyone assuming the Niners will get better and because of Kyler Murray being more competitive, whatever. That's sneaky. That's like, I like it. I like it, Ray <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of drama, though. A lot of drama right now in Seattle. So that's that's definitely something that has to give you pause, especially DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson. They both, even I think Lockett, too, all complained about the offense in the season. So hopefully they come in, they revamp the offense, because last year that offense, I mean, that was embarrassing. All they would do is just take deep shots or then run it up the middle. It was one of those, they just got super bland, super boring towards the end of the year. So love the value as well. I mean, Russell Wilson, anytime you're getting that kind of value to win a Super Bowl, that's good value. So I'm not betting it personally, but I do I do understand what Chris is saying. That's good value on him. And, and, and when you start looking at the division odds too, because I want to talk about the division odds a little. You know, I know we're mostly focusing on, on Super Bowl and conference, but, you know, those are obviously long shot bets. But, um, you know, Seattle's third to win the division at plus 275 to win the NFC West uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook. The Rams are uh, plus 180. The Niners are plus 210. Uh, and then the Saints – over in the NFC South, even though, you know, we, they've shown that they can win with quarterbacks who are not Drew Brees, uh, they're, they're second, but the Bucs are minus 134. The Saints are plus 220. So both of those are like some kind of, you know, you're still getting some, some good juice and, and some good odds for something that's, I think, almost 50-50 um, to hit. And you're getting really good odds here. Uh, with the Saints, because they, you know, they've shown that they can win just as many games as the Bucs, even with without quarterbacks. And then the Seahawks, they don't ever finish with losing records with R Russell Wilson, which automatically gives them such a high floor uh, in these division odds. So Seahawks plus two seventy five, Saints plus two twenty uh, to win their respective divisions. I, I love as well. Simon says there's too much drama. We love the drama. That's why we bet on the Washington football team at sixty to one. It's why we might take a flyer on the Raiders at 50 to one. It's why we're going to bet on Seattle at 22 to one, or even on the saints at 19 to one. I like all those. I like everything. Everyone just said, I'm spreading it out. I'm putting money on every one of these things. Like they are a pack of top shot. That's what I'm doing. Hey, 
That's a really smooth transition. Speaking of Top Shot, Simon, as we've learned in our previous podcasts with Darren and about sort of the card movement and with Jack Settleman about the Top Shot movement, we are transitioning from our NFL futures conversation. You are deep, deep into Top Shot. You are deep, deep into the collection of memorabilia, like cards. You and Darren did a lockbox Pokemon opening live on the Action Network handle. Two things that were not in there because Darren was too impatient. Explain, reveal, reveal what's been discovered. Me and Darren did a little show where basically I was just going through old cards that I hadn't touched in like 20 years. And there were a lot. So Darren was getting a little impatient because I wasn't pulling out the $100,000 card, which is what he wanted because it's Darren. But I kept going through it and I'm going to show him right now. The thing that matters is the first edition symbol. That's what people uh, want to see. I see. I don't know. So, so I got two of them. They're oh, yeah. called Charizard. Basically, Charizard was this Pokemon that was like a dragon. And people were really into him in the 90s. He was like the biggest Pokemon. So this card now, I'm going to send it out to get graded. And I'll show people now what grading card looks like. This right here is a PSA 10 card. So that's what I'm looking for. Like, that's the dream. Basically, I'm going to send these out, which is always scary as hell because it's if these are graded 10s, they're both worth $400,000 right now in the current market. Just looking at them, I haven't taken them out because I'm so scared to even touch them with my bare hands. The one's definitely going to be at least a nine or below. The other one is is legit mint. So I'm going to send these out. If, if they come back graded, one, if at least one of them's a 10, it, it's a $400,000 card, which is pretty crazy to say that I wouldn't sell it. But I just honestly wouldn't because what we've seen from the market is even when these things go down in value and people say the, bro the bubbles have burst, it always rebounds. It always comes back. Hobbies never die out. And Pokemon has one of the most loyal, diehard fan bases in the world. So for me, this is a long-term investment where if someday I need to buy a new house or do whatever, I can sell a Pokemon card to do that, which is pretty crazy to say. <laughs> That's an interesting take. Raybon, we were talking a little bit about this before. Like you've, you loved Charizard. What is it? Charizard? The Charizard, dragon? yeah. Charizard. <laughs> Would you, if you knew you had a $400,000 Charizard, which you may, because you said you've kept them as well, would you sell it? I, I doubt it. Mine, mine is definitely not mint. So uh, I probably would if I had kept it in mint, to be honest. I mean, but like mine is just kind of, I don't, it's just, it's, it's in decent condition, but I doubt it's anywhere close. But my question, Simon, is like, so you, you actually send it out, like you ship it. I'd fly there and I would stay for a week and grade a ton of cards. The only reason I'm doing this right now is that I, I'm not that I'm impatient. It's just, I don't want to have them. Like I, I, I had them in my, I put them in my, uh, my bank. Like I put them in a lockbox and I took them out just for the show. I just hate having them. So I literally want to go get them. I just want to get them graded and I just put them back in there. Cause I just hate even having them around. Cause it's just like, it's, it's just too much anxiety. Like something that's worth this much. That's just a, a stupid card. It's just like blowing my mind. So that's why normally I would fly out, but I'm, I'm comfortable doing the whole mailing it in because I've never lost a card in the mail. I know people have, but I never have. So I, I literally do it pretty simple. I just put it in like a birthday card kind of thing and I mail it in. It's super simple, super basic. And no one suspects that there's 800,000 uh, uh, maybe uh, being mailed in a birthday card. Oh my, so my God. question is, wait, when they, when you ship it and they ask you like, what's the value of it for like insurance purposes? Like, what do you tell them? I would like to hear your guys' opinion because I've done it before with not doing anything. Didn't have a problem. And one time I did, I, I, I think it was like, what was that? $1,000 insurance or whatever it was. Maybe it was 100 because it was five years ago. But it was basically, it was a LeBron James rookie card. It was lost 
like to get him from that place to the PSA to get graded took over like a month. And that was awful, but it came back like no problem. Like when they mailed it out, it was here in four, three or four, two or three days, whatever it was. For these ones, I'm actually not going to insure because I just don't want to do any suspicion. I literally act like I'm mailing a birthday card when I go in there. So it might sound stupid and risky, but I feel like that's how you get away with things. The less suspicious, the easier it is to get get away with things. Calculated risks. I see you. <laughs> I see you. But what is your what is your concern that like someone, if they know it's insured from the post office or from you? It's weird times right now, man. Yeah, because everything going on with baseball cards and everything, even Pokemon cards as well. It's not that I don't trust the U.S. mail service. I know like everything that goes on with them. But what's it to them? This guy could open this up. If it's nothing, he can just reseal it and mail it. If he opens up and finds these two Charizards, hey, he'll give me my $1,000 insurance, whatever I paid him for the insurance of it. It's just, this is the reason why I like to be shady about it. I like to just not to bring into it because you never know what people's intentions are. And that's my only worry with it. So that's why I just kind of do a little shady. I think I would put it in like, I would do the, the birthday card thing, but I would like put it in a box with like, something like like vitamins or something like or like some <laughs> like because like i swear like you know during the pandemic i started ordering a lot like a ton of stuff online and i would say like one out of every like four or five packages is like pampered with like they definitely they definitely fuck with packages out here <laughs> yeah i know like that's that's why i might not mail it but like right now as i stand i'm probably gonna mail them in We'll see. Because like right now, the more we talk about it, the more I'm just like, ah, he's probably right. Why do I just wait a year or two and then just fly out and get him graded? Because I'm in no rush. So we'll see. I'm, I might not mail him. I just feel like it would be cool in like a month or two to bring him on the show and show what they got graded. Guys, it happens in Connecticut too. My wife ordered probiotics. And when they got delivered, she opened the package and the probiotics were not in there. That's nuts. Can you believe what that? The hell? In the middle of Connecticut. Someone stole her probiotics. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a high volume nowadays of, of, of things getting shipped. I think that like the volume of things going missing, obviously are going to increase right with it. Like, I don't know if the actual percentage is going up, but it just seems like me and more, and more people I know are, you know, every once in a while you get that package that's either tampered with or something's missing or something, it just never arrives or something like that. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm just a little nervous for you, Simon. That's all. I'm out. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to mail it. Simon, I don't like you're in Southern New Jersey. Two of the grading houses. It's right up the street. Yeah. Like just yeah. drive over there. Like I've done that stuff in the past, but it's like a process. Like you literally you take it on Tuesday at a certain time and then you have to come back Thursday at a certain time to get it. Dude, um, you're a professional better on football. You have nothing else to do. Your, your calendar is the only thing you have on Tuesday and Thursday. Record this podcast at 1.30 on Tuesday. Record this podcast at 11 a.m. on Thursday. You got nothing else going on. Uh, one, I'm burying bodies in my backyard. And then two, it's surf season in New Jersey. So I'm getting some good waves, bro. But yeah, I know. I have no excuse. You right. can, maybe you can kind of, you know, you burying bodies. You can kind of ship it like, like a coffin, like, like they did with the Coke <laughs> in the 80s. Just put it in a coffin, fly it I out. Might mail it, I might mail it in a bunch of socks. Who's going to steal socks? Yeah. That, that might be. Yeah, I, would, I, would, I would put it with like something completely inconspicuous and just do it that way. Just like, you know, throw them for, <laughs> throw them for a loop because, you know, who's going to fuck with like some socks? PSA is going to open the box. Like, why did this guy mail <laughs> socks and Charizard cards? You got to put like a box in a box in a box in a box in a box so that it's like, it's just too much work. It's just too much work to tamper with. No one's I like that. Steal your socks, Simon. Before we go, before we go, I, I do, listen, if we don't hit Top Shot, then we are not doing our duty in the speculative 
space as a content engine and Top Shot we have to cover and discuss. So Simon, you uh, saved your most recent Top Shot pack and you are going to do an opening on the podcast. This is going to be a viral sensation on the internet. So no, it's not. Uh, share your screen and let's do a Top Shot pack opening live on the podcast. Boom. Here we go. And then Chad, you see all my text messages I don't read. So I stop yelling at me. You read my text messages and that's all I care about. <laughs> all, right. all right. So you guys see the rising stars? Yes, we see a rising stars pack in there. Open your pack. All right. Here we go. It's opening. Come on. There Give we go. No whammies. No whammies. Let's see it. Coming. Number 5174. True holiday. No holiday. one cares. <laughs> that is a bummer. No, I love Drew Holiday. Oh! oh! Steph Curry! No. This is a 30,000. Oh, uh, this is my third Gordon Dragic base set. That's hilarious. Good. Um, oh, here we go. RJ Barry. Rare dunk. Wow. That's a nice pull, right? Yeah, 324, He's, I think it was. There you go. At least I get my money back. You'll totally get your money back. I'm not selling any of these just because I'm just going to hold them um, until we really know what the hell is going on here. Oh, this is a good pack. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I, mean, Simmons. I got that same one. Do you really? This That's a really good one. Yeah. How Damn, many, do how you many have? cards? Yeah, I was about to say, how many are in this one? I, I have two Colin Ooh. Sextons now. I have that's this funny. Colin Sexton too. I think you got the same pack I got. I, be, I wonder if the next one is going to be Terrence Ross. This is, the, this is the last one. Fifth. Jay, oh, Tatum. I like that one. Dude, that was a good Not pack. Rare. Dude, that was a good pack. Ben, yeah, Tatum, was, the rare Barry, RJ. Steph I feel like Curry was Steph. A, Steph Curry was a really nice one. You got a rare RJ and a Steph Curry and a Ben Simmons. RJ is a dunk too, which is pretty sweet. And then I got a Ben Simmons uh, seeing stars, which is a good one. All right. I don't know. That was good. I don't know if that was exciting <laughs> or not. I got to tell you. you. You wanted more? I wanted more. I think I told you, I bought my first pack in January. It was one of the special packs. It was $25 for 24 cards. Wow. So they obviously have changed that a lot. I just paid $199 for nine cards. So they've definitely uh, been changing the price range. My last pack, uh, I paid $14. There were 225,000 people online. They were giving away 61,000 packs. I was randomly assigned 57,000. I got Ben Simmons, Colin Sexton, and Terrence Ross. So are you jealous of my pack? A little bit. <laughs> you got all his bad players, except he just got a whole bunch of good ones on top of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think we covered it all. We covered NFL yeah. futures. I will recap that Raybon is totally into the Saints and Seattle. Simon is totally into the Washington football team and maybe taking a flyer on the Raiders because they can get to Sean Watson. We ran through your $400,000 two-time Charizard, and we opened a pack. That is a full... That is a full podcast, folks. This has been The Favorites from the Action Network. Download on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. For Simon Hunter, for Chris Raybon, I am Chad Millman. Until next time, love you. 